Hi, listeners. This is The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are here discussing parenting in the early years and the importance of a spiritual foundation. Now, today's special, Jeff, because we have guests with us again. Lovely studio, guests. Right? Lovely, yes. In our pseudo studio. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a studio. We'll tell you guys the name of the podcast machine later on, uh, maybe maybe some other time. Yeah. It's a secret. Yeah. We'll, we'll let it out soon. But today we have with us the lovely wife of you, Jeff. Of me. Tanya No is here on the podcast. Welcome, Tanya. Hi. So nice to be here. And Tanya, you serve as a deaconess in our church, along with being the extraordinary of all kinds of administration, party planning, you name it, <laughs> fellowships happening. Tanya go. knows about it there you go. Uh, and is part of it. So we're really thankful for you. And we also have one of our elders, Dave oh. Hubs. Dave, yeah. welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. You've raised a few kids. Just a few. Yeah, <laughs> and you started off strong. Would you started Twins. with two? Like, yeah, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, <laughs> yep. man. Just wow. went went yeah. straight for man to man coverage. Uh, today, our topic we're we're discussing the importance of the spiritual foundation for parents because so often the world looks at parenting as just give the kids food, give them clothing, shelter, help them have a good life. But we're saying, in addition to those things, as Christians, we need to consider the spiritual well being of our children, really model Christ for them. So we're going to have a lot of questions for you guys tonight. We want to ask you guys how you pursued growing spiritually in those early years of raising children. We hear so often, even in our church today, how difficult it can be for young moms and dads to prioritize everything. You think about the schedules that we face. Uh, you know, Some days it just feels like a win if your kids are fed and they're clean. Mm -hmm. That's the win. Some days it feels like that. Uh, as long as they get to bed at a decent time. But as Christians, we need to remember that if we're not rooted in the rock of Christ, we don't have an unshakable faith then. And we're not helping our children to see what it looks like for believers to walk faithfully with him. Did you see what I did there with unshakable faith? I did see that. I noticed that. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah. That's a good promo. I'll be doing that a few times. <laughs> well you know, done. Throughout the season. So here's the first question of the night. When did you make time for yourself to pray and to read the Bible? Well, I'll take this because I'm a mom and I at one point had a three-year-old and an infant and literally felt like I had no time for myself. Um, and I tried to adjust and do like arrow prayers and little like snippets of things and literally reading while I'm in the bathroom. And it just really wasn't sufficient. It wasn't really feeding my soul. Um, but I struggled finding a, a discipline and I had to take a long, hard look at my heart. And I found that really, I just kind of lacked the love and devotion to Christ that would enable me to do the hard thing and really make time for him. Hmm. So I spent some time really seeking to love him more and to come to crave time with him. And then once my heart motivation was love and not duty, I found the ability to have an early morning routine that fed my soul and gave me the time I needed every day with him. So most of the people listening probably have heard the silly story, but I literally pictured Christ knocking on my door and asking to spend time with me when my alarm went mm. off at 5.30 in the morning. That's sweet. And I remember thinking, well, of course, if Christ was standing in my living room, of course I would get up and spend time with him. So I had to visualize that every day. And I got my cup of coffee and had my time with Jesus. And since then, it's become a habit that I love every morning. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing. 
Yeah, and she's still doing that. I mean, it's it's been a lifelong discipline that that I have been in awe of for a long time. She's so consistent, so faithful. So I'm I'm blessed to have a wonderful wife. Uh, for me, and it's interesting for those who are listening who don't know about my background. Uh, when my kids were little, I was not in ministry. I was in the corporate world. So they were eight and five when I went into ministry. So. I lived uh, those early years uh, with a long commute to work and long hours at work, and it was not easy. So for for the dads that are listening, it it, it takes sacrifice. You have to, I mean, I, I got up early. I, I knew I had to get in my quiet time before the chaos erupted. So it, it probably meant 5, 5.30 in the morning, and that's just the commitment you make. And then in, on my commute, making sure that I make good use of that time listening to sermons, listening to Christian radio, that was just an everyday thing for me. So I was mm. feeding myself early before I left. And even if I was late, I, I got that time in the car when I, because I was at about a 45 minute drive at that right. time in my commute. So you got to make good use of that time. That's good. Yeah, for, for me, it was, uh, it was getting to the office early and, uh, and doing my devotion there because I couldn't do it in the house. It was just, it was just too hectic at the house. Uh, but for Meredith, it was a lot trickier and it is, and it is a challenge for for moms who are at home because uh, because there's because you can't keep a consistent schedule you know if you're a mom because because the kids aren't on a consistent schedule you know they're going to wake up when they're going to wake up and they're going to want attention when they want attention and so that's difficult but Tanya I like what you said it, it it just for you it just came back to a heart attitude that you know we're commanded to love the Lord with all of our, our all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our might and if that's our attitude then we're going to try to make time for the Lord because we we value that right. time. We need it, right. and so um, you know, for Meredith, it might have been when I got home from work, and and then I take over, mm-hmm. and then she can have a devotion time. Mm-hmm. Or you know, nowadays uh, couldn't really do it when I was young, but um, uh, uh, just playing uh, 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 scripture. Um, and uh, audio and listening to that as you're getting ready in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So yeah. you have to be creative, right. but it is a challenge. So I, so I think that there's, there's kind of a balance between, between really desiring to do it. And, and I don't think that goes away. It's just a part of our lifestyle. And then, you know, giving yourself some grace that right. it's, that you can't keep a, necessarily keep right. a schedule, right. but that you're going to fit it in somewhere. Right. And being flexible because those seasons change. So just because it's like, okay, I can't make this work right now, it might mean that I can make it work in three months. You know, so everything's a season. Yeah, I love what you guys are emphasizing here. First, the posture and the attitude of prioritizing your relationship with the Lord. Like Tanya, you mentioning welcoming Jesus into the home. Like that's just beautiful. I love that imagery. And then I'm hearing the theme that all of you mentioned. It's starting your day. None of you are saying, oh, you know, I just fit it in in kind of the random time or the random hour. If it happened, it happened. I'm hearing from each of you. You made it a priority that every day you're starting your day with scripture. You're starting your day with prayer. You're starting your day with the Lord. And I think that's an important thing for young parents to consider. And, and they should know it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might've heard that too. You've got to be creative. It, it's, you're going to have to find something that works for you. But if you think it's going to be easy, you're fooling yourself. It's yeah. difficult, but find something, be creative, make it, make it happen. That's good. So let's move on. Let's ask another question here. How did you regularly pursue fellowship with other saints? So now not just time with Jesus, but time with Jesus's people. 
Uh, you have to be very intentional about that. Um, thankfully, church provides a really good resource for that. So for us early on, church was a commitment that was unwavering. It wasn't like we woke up on Sunday morning and said, are we going to go today? We knew we were going, you know, no matter what. Um, and it was difficult because I remember for years, um, it seemed like every Tuesday, my kids would get colds that they caught in the nursery, start feeling better by Friday. Our go church, church doesn't know about Sunday. this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's just the germ pool at church, but it didn't waver our commitment to church. It never did. Um, we never took a Sunday that just said, oh, we're sick, you know. So even when we were on vacation, we would usually go to church whenever we could. So that was really a big commitment. But then it was, let's see what other opportunities there are. And if there weren't ones right in front of us, we made them happen. So I would invite moms to go to the park. I started a mom's prayer group at my public school where my kids were at and said, okay, what other Christians are around here? Let's pray for our children and our administration. Um, you know, I was taking every class that the church offered, mom's groups and prayer groups and and Jeff was getting into discipleship and mentoring and we're having people in our homes. It was just whatever we could do, wherever we could be involved with other saints, we sought it out. And it really helped emphasize the idea that it takes a village to raise your children. Mm-hmm. And it was great to have these wonderful friends around me that my kids knew and saw also their believers. They are like-minded with my parents. I know I can go to them for a problem. I had other people praying for my kids and helping with the input of what I was doing. And I had people I could bounce things off of. So it was really, really an important thing for us where you're busy and hectic and you tend to think, well, I should isolate. I should just stay home. And that's really not the case. You really mm-hmm. need to get out there amongst the body. And we have a great church for that. And there's so many other moms and dads that are in the same similar boat. So you got to make it happen. You just got to reach out and be intentional about it. Yeah, we, we were a part of a, a large church at the time. So we were able to shrink it down by being part of a Sunday school class of about 30 to 40 people. And so and it was a young marrieds class. So we were blessed to be in the same life stage as a whole bunch of people. So yeah, we raised our kids sort of as a group. And I would love to see that happen as much as possible at Oak Hill, where you've got all these young families that are going through this together and bouncing ideas off each other and and uh, and raising encouraging. Their, yeah encouraging each other and and babysitting for each other whatever it takes but we have that at Oak Hill and, and I'd love to see that continue yeah yeah I would say ditto for our family a lot of those things uh, church attendance was a priority so we made that a priority in our lives inviting other uh, families over uh, families with their kids the kids play with the kids and the the adults uh, fellowship with the adults uh, and then Meredith for many years had a women's Bible study that she hosted at our house and um, on uh, a weekday night and I would come home and watch the kids and she would have her Bible study at the house. So that really worked out for us. But for us, I, I think one thing that was unique was that we homeschooled our kids. And so we homeschooled with other Christian families and a lot of our support base um, and our fellowship came from being with other Christian families in, in homeschooling. And uh, we, uh, we spent a lot of time together at each other's homes and, uh, and then also did family discipleship together where mm. once a week we would get the, the families together and do a family discipleship time. That's great. Oh, that's yeah, really it's really cool. good. Now I wanna keep us moving here on, on the conversation because you guys mentioned, all of you mentioned the importance of prioritizing your relationship with the Lord and, and honoring him really in all things is a task that parents should be striving for to model that for their children. And we, we, you mentioned this, Jeff, 
there is that exhaustion of being a young parent and getting used to the new norms, the new schedules. Mm -hmm. And if you have twins, my goodness, Dave, it's like, (laughs) how do you survive? You know, by God's grace, right? You survive. But we need to encourage parents, uh, you know, we need it as well to not just get through each day. Mm -hmm. We're not just trying to survive Survive. and say, oh, I made it through the day, that's a win. But to really seek faithfulness every single day. So to that end, in showing our children that Christ is Lord, a very particular question for you guys. How did you show your children that honoring Christ always came first? Well, that was a tough question um, because I don't ever remembering remember considering this to be my goal per se. I didn't like think that part through. Um, I suppose modeling or honoring Christ through my commitment to the word, reading, studying, being part of the body, my faithfulness to my marriage, to, to my kids. But honoring is really kind of a concept that I think comes later for kids when during the little years, it's really as obedience for them. That's how they honor mm. Christ is obedience to mom and dad. So that was really what I was kind of focused on. Um, and I don't really con- consciously remember making that shift over to honoring, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it kind of comes down to obedience priority is priority when they're- That's good. I mean, our house was, was always filled with prayer. Uh, praying over meals, praying at bedtime with our kids was critical. We really tried to practice the Deuteronomy 6-7 principle that, that conversations about spiritual things, about Jesus was just normal in the house. And whether you were lying down, walking down the road, you know, all those different ways, the Jewish way of sort of teaching was, it's just a part of regular life. You weave it into regular life. It's not, you know, we disconnect and then reconnect. It's just, it's just who we are. And our home was filled with, with those discussions Naturally, and so I think, and I think that's something you can practice and grow in over time. Uh, but I think that's a, a lot of how our kids picked up those things. Hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with Jeff there. That you know, if, if if the parents are loving the Lord with all of their heart, soul, and might, that that's going to become your lifestyle, and your children are going to imitate that lifestyle. Yeah. So as the parents go to church, the children understand that going to church is important. As the as the parents pray with their children the children learn how to pray. And as the parents Amen. teach the Bible, the children learn how to mm-hmm. read the Bible. Yep. And that becomes important to them. Yeah, I love that you guys picked up on the trick question here. It was purposeful. This is a question where theologically we know it's correct, mm. but the importance in those early years is not in telling and explaining it to your kids. It's in modeling it to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, doing it. That's the importance. And so our listeners are hearing that's the emphasis is modeling that for our kids. So here's another question then. How did you show your children that marriage was a priority relationship that your spouse came before your kids, mm. not the other way around. Amen. Yeah, this for me was, oh, sorry, you want to go first? Okay. Um, I would say that 30 years ago, this was a really hot button for me. It was really important to me. And I would say here I am 30 years later and it's more of a hot button for me. Um, and the reason being is because I see the deterioration of the marriage, that marriages are just under attack, period. Um, so if we can show our children that that is a priority and that is above them even, um, there is great security and comfort that we're teaching our children in that. Um, there's little things you can do. It's not like you can sit down and you can tell them all day long that the priority is the marriage, but they don't see that necessarily unless you're very intentional. So we did some silly things like, you know, first kiss in the door was always reserved for mommy. So I remember Jeff coming home and the kids would go running over to the door and he'd hug them, but first kiss was reserved for mommy. Um, And then we made a point of going on um, a date night once a week. Um, We were part of a Bible study on Friday nights where we 
got a sitter, paid for that and went out to that Bible study. So sometimes that ended up being our date night. Um, but even when we weren't doing that, we made a priority of getting out once a week and told the kids we are going out because we value each other. We love each other. And this is mommy and daddy time. That's good. Um, and then we did couch time almost every night um, where we sat on the couch and completely ignored them for 15 to 20 minutes and just conversed between ourselves. And it was a very intentional time and it took some training. They'd sit on the floor in front of us and for the first several times they'd try to interrupt us. No, you can't, you can't, we're not talking to you right now. This is mommy and daddy time. That's great. And they watched us just have some conversations and knew they couldn't interrupt. That was our time. So those little things, in fact, I, I went to Chandler today and asked her, did you, do you remember us doing this? She's like, no, I don't remember any of it. So I, I <laughs> we tried, but I don't know. Now she can practice. Practice it after she, she listens to the podcast yeah, here. Exactly. She can exactly. But we did just intentionally try to do those little things. It wasn't That's really huge, good. but it was significant. Yeah. I you think. nailed it. That's exactly that was our strategy. And but we did verbally articulate the principle to the kids as well. They were old enough to understand that this is mommy daddy time. But paying for babysitters. I want to mm. highlight that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've I found in this culture we don't want to do that. And I know I know times are tough and making making ends meet is hard, but it's worth it. Uh, maybe you can swap out babysitters, but maybe you have to pay for it. It's worth it to go out and spend time with each other. Uh, so make it happen. Yeah, Meredith and I didn't do it particularly well. <laughs> you know, this the idea of modeling uh, our the priority of our relationship. But I think a couple of things that we did do is you know teach them that when mom and dad are talking, that they can't interrupt, mm. uh, and that also when I got home from work. Um, and this was kind of on and off. It, well, I didn't do this real well, but when I got home from work, the first thing I did was spend five or 10 minutes on the couch, same as you, uh, with, uh, with Meredith on the couch. And then they just understood that that was, that was our time and that was a priority. And after we finished that, then I would attend to their needs. I think we need Kristen to call in and just verify that. Because <laughs> uh, Tanny talked we about Chandler. We should here. have Kristen check in with us and let's find out what she thinks. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's wrap up with this last question here. I know this ep these episodes will probably go a little longer just because we have you know more more interaction, which is great. I think it's very helpful to have these conversations. And some of these things, maybe people hear from you because they talk to you, but some in our body may have never have heard about how you guys raised your children, how yeah. you prioritized your relationship with your spouse, how you sought to, I mean, ignore your children on the couch. I mean, <laughs> watching you giggle over here oh, yeah. off to the side over <laughs> that did. was delightful. We that did. Was, what a great principle though, just to show your children without even saying a word, but showing them yeah. my priority is for my wife. Uh, that's a great, great principle for our kids to learn. So the last question then, when we think about that, that honoring principle, and yes, I know that when they're younger, it's more the modeling the honor to Christ than it is the speaking of the honor to Christ. But at the end of the day, our goal is not just to produce good moralists, not right. just to produce kids who will, you know, oh, they'll do whatever we want them to do. Our goal is higher than that. Our goal is to, to see them know that honoring Christ, honoring God is the greatest goal. So how did you seek to do that in those early years where you know that there's the behavior component and teaching them the right way, but you're also trying to balance the instruction part and encouraging them to love God? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I think we could, we probably, like Dave said last question, we probably could have done better at this, mm -hmm. you know, looking back, because sometimes as a parent, you're just in survival mode yeah. and, and you, you're not as intentional as you probably should be at dealing, going beyond the moral lesson to the heart 
And I think that's probably one thing we would try to do more right. of. I agree. Looking back, and so for our young parents listening right now, be intentional about that. Don't just, because we have a tendency to say, we just want our kids to behave so that we look okay, right? So that we don't, mm. we don't get embarrassed in the market, yeah. et cetera. Uh, but there's, there's much deeper things at stake. And so I think we, we could have done better at this. Right. Um, I found um, some good resources in Shepherd, Shepherding a Child's Heart as a book. Um, it, I read it probably when the kids were a little too young. And I remember thinking, oh, this is for future. And I didn't, wasn't so good about hitting the mark right when it really should have been starting to be taught. Um, but I do see that there's great value in starting to talk to your four-day-old baby in a language that is a I call it spiritual speaking, so that when they are four, you know how to speak to them because mm. you've been doing it for four years. Mm. So they know, I know how mom and dad are gonna react. I know how mom and, what mom and dad are gonna say about this because they've been saying it to me since the get-go. They're not understanding, but you're practicing speaking mm. spiritual truths into them. And for me too, I, I went with the growing, I mean, the uh, shepherding a child's heart, but I found more so that I went to scripture and decided, I, I really felt the burden, the true burden of responsibility of spiritually training up my children. And I realized my weaknesses in that. Um, so when I started being faithful and reading the word, I intentionally read it with the idea that I need to teach these things. It, it's a very different way of reading scripture when you know that you're gonna to try to regurgitate this and teach somebody something. So you've always heard the adage, you know, the teacher, nobody learns more than the teacher himself. So when you're reading scriptures, so that's where the legacy Bible idea, if you know me, you've heard that idea, but it came about for me was I bought a Bible, I had Chandler in mind, and as I read through it, I was highlighting and writing things to her that I wanted her to learn not necessarily when she's five, but maybe when she's 50. And so I have that Bible for her and it's just peppered with all these thoughts and things that I had in mind for her as I'm reading God's word. Um, and then it, it imparts that on your heart. So I'm, now I'm reading it with the intention of, I'm gonna teach that to her. So this afternoon when something comes up, I'm prepared with some truth that just today I read about that, or that's so much like this person or whatever in the Bible. Um, so reading and soaking your heart, but with the intention of passing and onto your kids changes the way you read the word. That's good. Yeah, and you know, Tanya, I like what you said about you know uh, about teaching them. You know, even though they're not able to comprehend it right at a very early right. age, and even though the child doesn't comprehend it, mm -hmm. the parent develops the habit yeah. of teaching mm -hmm. the child, right. which is really good because when they when they're very young. It's all about behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they're when they're one, two, three years old, mm -hmm. it's really all about behavior. But as they grow in their comprehension, their ability to understand, then then they start absorbing it. And if the parent already has the habit of not just getting into a, the rut of 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 addressing behavior, uh, then then you can really springboard into right. some comprehension right. for the child. And so. Again, I go back to loving the Lord with mm -hmm. all of our hearts, and mm -hmm. that becomes our lifestyle. And as we set church and the Word uh, as an authority, as 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 a priority in our lives, then our children learn that, right? Mm -hmm. And they see it. Yep. Amen. That's really good. You know, I think we should have more of these conversations. <laughs> okay, that do, was enjoyable. Do you want Do you want them to come back? We should We should have you guys back. <laughs> Would you be willing to come back? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't That's know. so good. How much good. are you paying? Yeah. Uh, 
anyways, uh, we're, we're grateful to have you guys here to, to talk about the importance of the spiritual care for our children. That really is the foundation uh, to underscore all this. So as you're listening to this, just be encouraged. Our goal is to pursue that, that modeling of Christ-like faith. And that's what you heard consistently uh, among our guests today, that it is important to do that in the normal and regular means of life, not just trying to have those big spiritual conversations, right, right. but doing it through the normal everyday means that God provides. So Tanya, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Lord willing, we will be able to have you you guys come back and we pray this conversation has been helpful for everyone else to renew your minds and reform your hearts. We'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree.